0: Every generation of people has to have its own conversion experience. And our conversion experiences are largely ones that require our imaginations to be surprised. When Jesus came, he caught people by surprise. And every generation since requires being surprised, being caught off guard. Welcome to the Jesus Storybook Bible Podcast, a place where we remind you that grace can rewrite any story, that hope shines a light through our darkest moments, and that God's love changes lives. Here's your host, New York Times bestselling author, Sally Lloyd-Jones.
1: Hello, I'm Sally Lloyd-Jones, author of the Jesus Storybook Bible, which tells the story of God's never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love, Welcome to the show. We seem to sometimes get this idea that God wants us to scale back our desires, as if he's some kind of cosmic killjoy. The Bible actually tells us quite the opposite. Our guest today, Kurt Thompson, is a psychiatrist and a person of faith, and he brings a unique understanding of what it means to be a human being, marrying his understanding of interpersonal neurobiology with a Christian understanding of how God has created us. Kurt talks about desire and the one desire that is our greatest, most powerful desire as human beings. He also talks about shame. In the words of Brené Brown, shame is the most powerful master emotion. It's the fear that we're not good enough. Who else can identify with that? Shame tells us God can't love us because we are not good enough, that we will never be good enough, and that if people knew us, if they really knew the truth about who we are, they would not like us. Kurt tells us the cure of shame is not hiding, it's the exact opposite. I can't wait for you to hear from Kurt as he shares his unique insights with us today. I've had the privilege of meeting and hearing from Kurt in person, and of course, through his books. And every time, it's like a breath of fresh air in a stuffy room, like opening the shutters and letting sunlight stream into a dark room. I know you'll be as refreshed as I was hearing from him. So, without further ado, please welcome my friend, and now yours, Kurt Thompson.
0: I grew up as a person who was, uh, from the very beginning, as I can remember, really curious about the way we operate as human beings, because I was curious about the way I operate as a human being. And I didn't always get easy answers uh, to that question. There was always a longing within me to have some better sense of how we operate as human beings, kind of integrate with what I, I had experienced my spiritual life to be as a follower of Jesus. I think it was. Literally in the process of entering into my training and study in psychiatry, which included going to medical school and in psychiatric residency training, that I began to see the mystery uh, and the deep connection, as it turns out, between science and spiritual experience. And also came to learn, especially through the studying of how we as human beings operate kind of neuropsychiatrically, even the nature with which and by which we even imagine that there are two such separate domains as science and faith, uh, that in and of itself is something that we are creating and that we make up as a way for us to cope with some of our experiences. And so as it turns out, these different categories, one called faith and one called science, that we just assume are out there in the world and are different from each other, as it turns out, are far more deeply and mysteriously interknit with each other. And I would say that my work in the last 15 to 20 years, especially in this world of interpersonal neurobiology, has been one, interestingly enough, the, the one of the, you know, one of the ways in which the very study of science has revealed its deep, interdigitated connection to our experience as spiritual beings. So, The Soul of Desire is the most recent publication of mine. This book is intended to highlight a number of different themes. The first theme is that we are people of great desire. There's no doubting that, there's no getting around it, no getting away from it. We come out of the womb as bundles of desire, and that reality remains true for the rest of our lives. We desire all kinds of things in our physical appetites, but this then leads to what we've already spoken about here, this notion that we desire to be known. But even when you look developmentally at that, our children long to be known, but then at some point in our children's developmental stages, they start to make things. And we don't even have to like teach them to do this. We don't have to tell them to do this. They just do this. They make stuff and they bring stuff to us. They bring you their colored paper and they want you to put it on the refrigerator and they want you to charge the neighbors money to come in to look at it because it's so wonderful. They do these things, they make things. We have this desire to create beauty and goodness in the world as a feature of connecting us to other human relationships as we are known by them. And then the beauty that we create only serves to reinforce this sense of connection, which then only serves to reinforce our longing to go further and create even more beauty and goodness in the world through the creation. God has revealed his nature and his power, and uh, not least of which in the way neuroscience is helping to both energize and reconfirm many of the things that we would say that we believe are true about the biblical narrative. This sense that God wants us to have the experience of being known by him, it is reflected in that narrative like it is reflected in no other story that the planet has to offer. No other story that we've heard in ancient times, no other story that we've heard in modern times, tells us of a story wherein which the creator of the world deeply longs to know us and wants us to have the experience of being known by our creator. And what's so beautiful for me, what has been so beautiful, is that this is reflected deeply in the way that human beings actually operate. We flourish most effectively when we are most deeply known by others around us. And in particular, those parts of me being deeply known that I really don't like that much, the parts of me that I really don't want you to know, those are the parts that are, when they are most deeply known by you, are given the opportunity for transformation. This is a passage from the Jesus Storybook Bible. For anyone who says yes to Jesus, for anyone who believes what Jesus said, for anyone who will just reach out and take it, then God will give them this wonderful gift to be born into a whole new life, to be who they really are, who God always made them to be, their own true selves, God's dear child. The part that really captures my attention and my imagination is the phrase for anyone who will just reach out to take it. It takes a great deal of risk to, take, to, to reach out and take things that are being offered because so much has been offered to us in the context of intimate relationships in the past in which we've been burned. But this is a passage that tells us that when we reach out to take on intimacy, to take on the yes that Jesus is speaking to us, that what God gives us in return is a whole new life. God gives us his gaze. God gives us his voice, his affirmation. God also gives us his demands on the way to shaping us into the joyful beautiful selves that we were always made to be and if someone were to show up at my door and say to me kurt today you're going to have the opportunity to become the person you really really want to be i can't imagine wanting to say no and this is a passage that helps me believe that that's what god is really about
1: You can get the Jesus Storybook Bible
0: wherever books are sold. To find out more about the book and all of Sally's other books, please visit Sally at Sally and follow her on Instagram at Sally Lloyd Jones and at Jesus underscore storybook underscore Bible.
1: Before we go, don't forget, God loves you with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking,